Welcome to Lavender Dahlia. I'm Jennifer Osler Bolton, and together we are going to enjoy the freedom of exploring who God created us to be by lifting the veil off of our hearts and bringing to light the authenticity that we've been hiding in the dark. I am so happy that you're here. So let's talk. Welcome back. Okay, before we get started, I want to say thank you for allowing me to share my vulnerability last week. I am truly so grateful for the messages that I received in response to that particular podcast episode. It helps to know that we're not alone in moments like that and that there are several of us who occasionally go through the feeling of disconnect and just being uninspired. And honestly, it helps to keep going when we know that we're not the only ones fighting for faith. Thank you for sharing your vulnerability with me. It's a treasure that I will never take for granted. Okay, so I had something totally different planned for this week's episode. In fact, I recorded it, edited it, uploaded it, had it all ready to go. And then as I was finalizing it, no joke, I truly felt like the nudge of God just be like, hey, can we talk about this instead? So I... Here we are, totally rerouting what I had planned because that's just what we do when God says to do something. We just go with it. So I am going to share something with you that is something that I haven't really probably said out loud. I think I may have said it out loud once over the last few years, um, but I don't say it often. However, if you have been following me for a while or you've spent any time with me, this little thing should come as no surprise to you. I am a massive romantic. Give me all the love letters, love songs, Hallmark, all the romantic comedies, all the feel good, but without the tears. Like I cannot watch The Notebook because it just kills me, even though it's so romantic. But the love bubbles, the cheesy movies, I I love it all. And It's really not a secret that I am a massive romantic. So what is it that I'm not sharing or that I haven't said out loud? Well, along with all that other romance, I am known for romanticizing God. He is so romantic. (laughs) I have been told in the past that I shouldn't romanticize God because he is my father. And yeah, when I put those two words in a sentence like that, it sounds very awkward. But as we know, God is far from awkward. Now, I understand for some that it might be difficult to find the romance of God because society has completely tarnished our view of romance. The music industry has tried to redefine it. Hollywood, yeah, well, they'll often mock it. Social media can totally make us resent it. And many of us, aka all of us, have been hurt by someone in the past or maybe even the present who claimed to love us. So as a result, we don't necessarily trust love or romance. We don't believe it. Sometimes we can't even feel it. But oh man, God is it. So I once saw a quote or a picture or something on Pinterest, and it said that God is the author of romance. And I wish I would have saved that link or photo or whatever it was, because I remember seeing it and being like, yes, somebody gets it. He is so romantic. Now, I mentioned I like Hallmark movies and cheesy romantic comedies, and yes, that kind of romance is right up my alley, but that's not the kind of romance I'm thinking of when I think of God's romantic side. I'm not exactly envisioning him as my romantic partner. That would definitely be weird, 
but he is most certainly the author of romance, and he is the only author to ever be in love with the reader. I don't care how much you may dislike Hallmark movies or how much you can't stand cheesy romantic comedies, there is one thing I know for certain that we have in common. We all want to be loved. We all want to be pursued. We all want to be desired, needed, trusted, and treasured. All right, I'm going to break away from the Hallmark movie idea for a second to illustrate love outside of sappy romance. And I'm going to talk about my dog. (laughs) My dog loves me. There is nothing on this earth that is as happy as my dog when I come walking through the door. Now, my husband is good at loving me, and he gets very excited when we reunite after being apart for a while. But (laughs) my dog nearly pees herself when I come back in from taking out the garbage. She is so happy to see me, and it doesn't matter if it's been five minutes, five hours, or five days. The excitement is the same no matter what. She follows me wherever I go. I feel so bad when she's in a nice, comfy position, and then I get up to go get a drink or close the sliding door, and I know I'm coming right back to the same spot, but she won't let me go alone. She has to be wherever I am. And if there is ever a stranger that approaches me, this dog will loudly let you know that strangers are danger and they're not allowed near me. But the minute I place myself on the floor, this big old baby is trying to fit herself into my lap. She is an 80-pound German Shepherd. Her head barely fits in my lap. But if I'm on the ground, she is going to do everything to sit herself either right in my lap or lean herself right up against me. And she looks at me with eyes that just scream, I love you. (laughs) I know that I am loved by the people in my life, but there is nothing like the love of a dog. So you may not be a Hallmark romantic. Maybe you're not even a dog person, but come on now. Don't we all want that kind of love? The kind of love that gets excited every single time that you walk into a room, no matter how long you've been away? Or the kind of love that just wants to be wherever you are because your presence is worth every inconvenience. The kind of love that protects you, shields you, and warns you against any danger. The love that wants to cover you and hold you, feel you, and be with you. The kind of love that doesn't need words to send the message, you're amazing. Come on, I know, we all want that level of love. Because it's perfect. And this is where God gets romantic. Before you ever took your first breath, before you were even a thought in your mother's mind, you were God's. His focus was on your creation. He crafted every feature before anyone else got to have a peek at you. You were his before he shared you with the world. For God, it was beyond love at first sight. It was love at first creation, first idea, first thought, really. And once he created you, he began his pursuit of you. So you might be thinking, "Uh, yeah, but it's God. (laughs) He doesn't have to pursue me because he made me. I'm the one who's supposed to pursue him, not the other way around. And okay, I hear you. That makes total sense. And that's not a wrong thought. However, it's not exactly the whole truth. 
I was having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine just a couple of weeks ago, and we were marveling at the fact that God had orchestrated our friendship beginning at our birth, likely even before then. We started tracing back all the people we've met, the choices we've made, the paths we've taken, and when it started getting way too deep for our human minds, we were like, yep, since birth, God has been moving and orchestrating our lives to bring us to this very moment, sitting together at my kitchen table, trying to map out God's blueprints over Mexican food and strawberry shakes. (laughs) The details of your life have been perfectly planned by God for one reason the hope that you would find him somewhere in between. You see, God created you because he wanted you. You, he thought of you, and he looked at the rest of the world and knew that he needed you. From the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb, and probably long before that, God started orchestrating the people who would come into your life, the relationships you would create, and the ones you would walk away from. And he had a backup plan ready to go when you chose to go a direction other than the one he originally planned. All of this was for one purpose, to bring you to him. In Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 28, Paul says, He is the God who made the whole world and everything in it. He is the Lord of the land and the sky. He does not live in temples built by human hands. He is the one who gives people life, breath, and everything else they need. He does not need any help from them. He has everything he needs. God began by making one man, and from him, he made all the different people who live everywhere in the world. He decided exactly when and where they would live. God wanted people to look for him, and perhaps in searching all around for him, they would find him but he is not far from any of us. There is nothing that our hands could ever give to God. Paul said so. He doesn't need any help from us. He has everything he needs. There's only one thing that we have the ability to give him that he doesn't already have, and that's our heart. God intricately moves the pieces on the chessboard of our lives with the hope that we will look for him. He's not hiding. He's been here the whole time hoping that we will want to be with him just as much as he wants to be with us. You are constantly being pursued by God. He chases after you, dropping little hints, or maybe big hints, that he is near and that he just wants to be with you. He gave you his heart before yours started beating. He delicately planned ways to show his love to you without the guarantee that you would accept it. And the amazing thing is, Even if you aren't ready to accept it, or you don't want to accept it, he doesn't remove his love for you, and he doesn't end his pursuit of you. He patiently waits and continues to leave love notes for you, hoping that you'll notice them and that you'll look for him. Tell me this is not one of the most romantic things you've ever heard. Pursued by love, but not forced to give it back? Love without expectation? just hope that it will be received? That is the most pure kind of love we could ever know, and it's only God who can give it. One of the perks of being pursued by God is that we are always in reach of his protective arms. So I don't know about you, but a man's arms are one of the things that I take quick notice of, like 
is this dude going to be able to fight off a bear for me or what? (laughs) So (laughs) quick story. When I first met my husband, like when I first saw him, uh, I refused to speak to him. That's true. But I was definitely paying attention to him. And he was participating in this firefighter activity obstacle course thing. I don't actually remember what it was called. But I vividly remember seeing him in a black t-shirt and doing some team activity, and all I noticed were his arms. I was like, yeah, that guy could knock out a bear. (laughs) So (laughs) arms, protection, we want to be protected. Don't come at me with like, girl, I can take care of myself. I don't need no man to protect me. I think self-defense, awareness, and the ability to fight our own bears is so important. I mean, okay, but let's be real. You might like to cook, but isn't it nice when someone else cooks for you? In the same way, if we're being honest, we want to know that we're protected. We want to know that someone would fight for us, step in for us, act as a shield for us. And there's nothing weak or wrong about hoping for that because when the battles come, we fight and fight and fight, but eventually our fight grows weary. We want the rescuer. We want the knight in shining armor to ride up on his horse, ready to slay the dragon and relieve us of the fight. Psalm chapter 50 verse 15 says, Call me when trouble comes, and I will rescue you. You want to know what I find the most romantic about this? God is like, okay, Jen, my little Jen, go ahead. I know you want to try to fight this on your own, but let me know when you're tired, and I'll step in. He allows us to explore the fight on our own if we want to. He doesn't say, oh oh no, sweetie, you can't. Let me. Instead, he's like, all right, Scrappy, but let me know when you need me to help. And he's right there. The moment we say, okay, God, take over. I can't fight anymore. He allows us to be ourselves without forcing himself upon us because he's always right there on standby, ready to come in and protect his girl. And at the same time, this is the God who also says in Psalm chapter 91, verses 14 through 16, Because you love me, I will rescue you. I will protect you because you know my name. When you call to me, I will answer you. I will be with you when you are in trouble. I will save you and honor you. I will satisfy you with a long life. I will show you how I will save you. Oh, I just love that. God is the most romantic. And there are so many more examples of his romance in that love letter that we call the Bible. The Bible is often seen as the standard for living, the call to Christianity, and the story of our Savior. Uh, But it's actually a 727,969 word love letter. If you really read into the stories, you'll see that the mapping and the planning that God has done to bring those words to you and place that love letter in your hands started at the beginning of time. It's no accident that you came across his words, and it's no coincidence that you've learned of his presence. I'll fill you in on a little secret. He's been planning it for centuries. God has basically been slaying metaphorical dragons for you since the beginning of time. He is your knight in shining armor, your prince charming, your true love. He is absolutely in love with what he created in you. 
the moment that you walk into his presence, he is overly excited to see you. It doesn't matter if it's been five minutes, five days, or five years. He is thrilled when you walk in to find him. He follows you everywhere. There is nowhere that you can go that would keep him from being there with you. Your movements are not an inconvenience to him at all. God is regularly fighting off and metaphorically barking at the dangers that you can't even see, but he's letting them know that they are not allowed anywhere near you. And he will stop at nothing to show you just how much he adores you every single day. God's love is the most pure, unconditional, undeniable, and unbreakable love you will ever know. Romans 8 reminds us that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Nothing. He is actively pursuing you with the hope that you will want him too. And even on the days when you say, no thanks God, he says, that's okay. Maybe tomorrow. I'll still be here. I love you. Oh, God, you are such a romantic. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I hope you feel encouraged and are filled with courage to see yourself the way that God sees you. You are so many beautiful things. That's why there's a flower named after you. Make sure to subscribe to Lavender Dahlia for podcast updates and episodes and visit jenniferoslerbolton.com to join the Lavender Dahlia email list. Until next time, my heart is hugging yours. I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.